Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. So we are delighted to have Isaiah Williams joining our staff. This is his first day on staff as our student ministries pastor. And he's coming this morning to bring God's word. He'll be leaving uh, this evening, going back to St. Louis, getting everything packed up, and then moving down, being here full time on the ground October the 1st. Would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Isaiah Williams to All Nations Church. Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much for that illustrious introduction. Man, it's so good to be back in the house, man. How are you guys feeling today? You all right? Man, so glad to be here. So bad, so glad to be in the land of the living. Uh, just showing love to our online campus. Welcome here. And I just really love God. Am I by myself here? How many of you really, really love Jesus? I don't know if you fully convinced me. How many of you really, really, really love Jesus? If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How many people here and online really love Jesus? Make some noise in this house this morning. Wow. You know, I don't serve COVID. I serve Jesus. COVID will not get another breath out of my body. If I speak about COVID more than I speak about Jesus, I'm challenged on who I serve. Come on. I can't get any help this morning. Jesus reigns and he lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to come before you and your people. Father, we pray now that the Holy Spirit would bombard this room today. I mean, take complete control. Father, I pray that you shake us and what's loose falls and what needs to stay, stay. Father, I thank you right now that your Holy Spirit would invade our hearts in such a way that we will never be the same. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching online, that you would do something so supernatural for them this morning that they could not do for themselves, that they will lay, that will fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you for every person that's far from you, that today you're bringing them closer. Father, we thank you today that this church will be known for their testimony of, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Father, I thank you that this church will be one of the lost, be one for the lost. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we give this service back to you and all the fruit that will come from it. In Jesus' name we pray that everyone shout, amen, amen. I'm really happy to be here again with you this morning. Because I feel this message just stirring in my heart for you and for me. You know, they, they talked about the songs that you've never lost a battle. And if you're not dead, I'm not done. Wow, that thing just really hit, right? As long as he's on the throne, that means I still have something to do. Here it is. As long as I have breath in my body, there's still purpose for me in the earth. Isn't that good to know that if I'm still here, if I'm still breathing, that means God still has a plan for my life. Whether you accept it or not, God still has a plan for your life. But I want to talk today about a subject or a word called encounter. Everyone say encounter. Everyone say encounter. And I believe that God is calling for America and his church to have a divine encounter. I mean, an encounter that leaves you completely unrecognizable to the people that know you. An encounter that leaves you completely unrecognizable to yourself. 
that when you look in the mirror, you no longer see the person you were, but you see the person that God has called you to be. I am saying, church, we need an encounter, and I believe it will happen today. I believe this is the beginning of the beginning. Pastor has been leading us in, 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 in certain series about intercession and praying. And intercession always precedes revival. Amen. I believe that America and this church is poised for one of the greatest moves of the spirit that the world has ever seen. I don't know if you're with me, but I'm saying God is getting ready to do something with his people. I refuse to be one of those people that are just hearing about it. I want to be a person that's talking about it because I am involved in what God is doing. I don't want to sit on the sideline. I don't want to sit on the bench and say, wow, look at what's going on. I don't want to be the person in the background trying to peek in the front. I'm saying, Lord, if you're willing to use me, I want to be used. But that can't be my prayer alone. But if I'll go by myself, I know he'll use me by myself. But I know he wants to use us corporately as a body. But I believe he's saying, church, we need an encounter. I don't want to come to just church anymore and just do the song and do the offering and do this and just do that and go according to the clock. I want to meet Jesus. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long you've been walking with him. Some of us have been coming to church but still have not met Jesus. I want to meet him. I want to meet him and I want to continue to introduce myself to him every week. Every day, I want to know him more, and I know he longs to know me more. Open up the eyes of my heart, the Bible says, that I may know you. Church, I believe we're in the position for the greatest outpouring that we have ever seen. One that the Bible has not even written about. But I want to be a part of that number. Today, I want to talk about having an encounter. My father was in prison he went when I was three years old. He was in prison for 26 years of my life. I was raised by my mom and a host of people, grandmothers and aunts and neighbors. You know, you get a spanking on the way home. <laughs> by the time you get home, you've already been disciplined several times. You're like, Mom, that's enough. I'm done. We raised by a community. My father was in prison. I went, I spent weekends going to prisons all over Missouri. Every weekend, I was in another prison visiting my father. My mother, she played an amazing role of continuing to allow me to build that relationship with my dad. He got out, right? We're great friends. 26 years later, my father's home. My mother and father are still married. God is good. We have a phenomenal relationship. But it was difficult in the gaps when he wasn't here. It wasn't his fault. It was just I was having challenges. Right. I grew up in a God fearing home. My mother uh, at at some point, she I can't remember when she received Jesus. My grandmother, she was in the faith. My dad's mother was in the faith. So many other people worship God, very prophetic people. But I wasn't being prophetic. I was smoking a lot. I was drinking a lot. I was living a life of sin and I had a blast doing it. What do you mean you had a blast? The Bible talks about that. The the, the, um, sin is good for a season. You don't you don't you don't know that. Huh? It talked about how sin for a season is fun. But it's only for a season. And I had fun for a season. But it wasn't real fun because I was paying the cost that I didn't even know how much. I didn't know that I didn't know how far sin would lead me to the point I could not pay that bill. I don't know who I'm talking to online. Maybe in the season, you just there by happenstance. You, you grew up in a bad situation. You, you had a lot of challenges growing up. But I'm telling you that God even has a plan for that. 
He takes all things and make them work together for his good. I found myself smoking, drinking, being very promiscuous, but not all the time. I knew that God still had a calling on my life. I remember New Year's Eve. I went to church and I had an encounter with Jesus. The pastor was preaching. He was shouting, repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And I was sitting in the back of the pew and my legs started to shake and he was screaming, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Before I knew it, I was walking down the aisle and he not had called an altar call yet. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was happening, but something was pulling me. And I realized now that it was Jesus pulling me in the midst of the message. And I get to the front of the altar. He said, son, what do you want? I said, I don't know. I'm I'm not here. I don't even know how I got here. I just thought I was in the back and I ended up in the front. He's like, do you want to be saved? And you know that cry that you have that you really can't talk when you're crying? You're like, I don't don't know. He's like, what do you want? You want to be saved? Yes, it came out. And before I knew it, I had a head-on collision with the Holy Ghost. Before I knew it, I was under a pew, shaking profusely, and when I came to, I didn't know who I was anymore. In a moment, old things passed away. And in the blink of an eye, everything became new. This is the God that we serve. You know, we use the word process a lot. I know that's a word that we're in a process. Oh, he's gradually stopping me from doing this. He's gradually stopping me from doing that. And I get it, but I can guarantee you that it can happen in a moment when you're ready. We need an encounter with the king. And I had this encounter and I never forget. I was 18 years old and I just got completely wrecked. I came to and my eyes were completely widened. I got filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and in the same breath, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought I had to go into a room the next week and work on it. I thought I had to get a class and work on being filled with the Holy Spirit. But the only class that I needed was a yes. The only word that he wanted to hear was yes. And the moment he heard yes, he got the green light to do whatever he chose to do. I'm asking you today, is your resolve yes? Because in having an encounter, you have to be willing to say, I need you. You have to be completely willing to say, yes, Lord, whatever you want to do. But I want to tell you, for every encounter that you have, you have to give something up. (laughs) He's never just going to come meet you and just say, hey, give me a hug. How are you doing? He's going to say, no, I'm going to hug you, but give me something. Because he's all about a supernatural and divine exchange. Say exchange. What is he asking you to exchange today? Because we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about intercession. But all of these things are leading up to revival. But in prayer and in intercession, he always reveals us to us first. Yeah. Yeah. He begins to show us us. And in that he's saying, I'm showing you you, but will you allow me to kill that? Will you allow me to do something with those things that are causing you pain? Listen, depression is not from God. Thoughts of suicide are not from God. Maybe you're a season, you're an addiction or pornography or you're drinking, you can't stop smoking, you can't stop doing this. But I'm telling you, the moment you say yes, that's when he's going to rush in. Amen. Come on. But some people I understand don't really want him to rush in. Some people want to say, come on, will you please give me this? 
And it's so easy for us to give him stuff that we don't really have problems with anyway. Sure. Take the TV. I don't have to watch that anymore. It's fine. Oh, sure. Take, take. Oh, it's like, oh, give me the relationship. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Not my, not my boo. Uh-uh. You know. But, but, but it's funny how we don't want to give him things that we didn't even ask him to get in the first place. You know, a lot of you are in relationships that he didn't even tell you to get in. I know I'm talking to millennials right now. I'm not even talking to older people. I'm talking to millennials. You're in places in your relationships and you're invested emotionally in things that he never told you to. But now you want to get mad at him when it doesn't work. Uh-oh. How much time I got? Okay. Some of you have signed business contracts and now you're frustrated that it's not working because he didn't tell you to sign the some of you are frustrated with the home or the house or you got this property or you're doing this business deal and now you, you've merged your businesses and you're frustrated because he didn't tell you to, to do it. Whew. I'm trying. He's telling us we need an encounter because in this season he's calling business people to be supernaturally Holy Ghost filled business people. How do you think that we're going to subdue the land? We have to have an encounter. Encounters, though, they cost you. They cost me. Stuff that you've been holding on to for so long. He's saying, please give it to me. I don't know if you've seen it on social media, but they had this. It was maybe about a couple years or maybe about a year ago. It was Jesus. He was kneeling down with this little girl. And he had this massive teddy bear behind him. I don't know if you, anybody see that before. He had this massive teddy bear behind him. And it was a little girl. And she was holding on to her tiny one. And he just had his hand out, but he had the big teddy bear. And she was like, I don't want to give you this little teddy bear. That's mine. But she didn't realize all that he had for her in the exchange. Listen to me. He's asking for something that you're holding on so tight to, but you have no idea what he has back here. He's saying, give me your heart because you think you're in pain, but there's so much healing that's going to come from that. He said, I know you've been divorced. I know you walked through seasons of lack and hurt and depression. He said, don't get, give me that. Come unto me. All of them that are heavy and of heavy laden. I feel the Holy Spirit already. And I will give you rest. He said, give it here. And there's a rest that you're getting ready to walk in that you've never walked in before. How will you have a testimony if you don't? Come on. Come on. <laughs> How will you ever have a testimony if you don't admit that you need God to heal you? You know, sometimes it's very frustrating coming to a church or going to church and everybody in the church have come out the womb a Christian. <laughs> you like, you've been saved from inception. You're here, Christian. How did you skip? We're all born in sin. How can you win a world if the world never knew that you were a part of it? <laughs> How can you win a world if the world never knew that you were a part of it in the first place? Maybe you had a porn addiction, but you need to tell somebody, Jesus saved me from that. What has God delivered you from? Or what is he delivering you from? Or what do you need to be delivered I'm not excluding myself. We're all in this thing together. But the only way that God will get the glory is if you allow him to stand on the stage of your life. 
And when people look at you, they see the redemptive work of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. This is a text that I want to use. There'll be a couple of more scriptures here, but I'll just be referring to them. But I believe that Jesus wants to encounter us today. I believe under the sound of my voice. I was touched in my hotel room last night and this morning. I felt the Holy Spirit stirring in me that there's awakening. There's an awakening coming to the body. And Tallahassee, this church, I believe, will be a catalyst. Not has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with the shoulders that we're standing on. That God is getting ready to do something historical to the people here in this building. And he's looking for nameless faces. It has nothing to do with where you come from or your title or nothing. He's looking for people to say, I used to be like this and I used to be involved in this. And I'm just fresh out of this. And I was dealing with this, but God took my life and he turned it around and he can do the same for you. That's who he's looking for. Matthew, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter three, verse one through five. He's in the synagogue. At this point, it's Sabbath. He's dealing with the Sabbath and he's dealing with the healing and he's doing this. To, the Pharisees are being, of course, very Pharisee-ish. <laughs> and he's in this text a little irritated. So out of his irritation, here it is. Out of his, 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 his irritation for demonic activity, he heals somebody. <laughs> Wait, out of, his, out of his frustration with what the devil has been doing, he takes his frustration out on us in a beautiful way. <laughs> I know, listen, I need you to hear me. He's very frustrated with the enemy. He's very angry with the enemy. And you know how he's trying to pay the enemy back? By bringing you out. Come on. You know he's upset at the devil. He's touching his people. He's allowing, he's doing all these things to happen. And he says, you know what? You're going to keep messing with me. I'm going to start delivering people. And you're not going to have nobody to mess with. But he needs a yes for him to deliver. Ooh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Spirit on him. He says, again, he entered the synagogue. And the man was there with the withered hand. They, they, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. So that they may accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, he said, come here. While they're all watching, while they're already upset, we might as well make things worse. He said, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful? On the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or kill. But they were silent. They had no answers. And he looked around and said to them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. I want to pose this thought to you that he never specified which hand to give him. I want you to grapple with this, that he never said, give me your withered hand. Give me your broken hand. Give me your main hand. It was very obvious what the man needed to be healed from. But here's the thing. Jesus needed him to choose and know when he was ready to be healed. This morning, Jesus is saying, give me your hand. But which hand will you give him? Which hand, which problem which challenge, which obstacle, which relational issue, whatever it is, are you willing to give him what's broken? Because he's not just going to take your hand from you. He's asking you, what is it? Oh, you still smoke weed. Okay, cool. I got a CBD card. 
Do you need it? Is it recreational? Don't get quiet on me. You may have challenges on getting high, but high is not the problem. It is why you're doing it. He's not asking you to give him the weed. He's, got, he's asking you to give him the trauma. That's it. <laughs> Listen to me. He's saying, give me what's causing you to do that. You're never too broken for God to use your story. He was only able to heal, heal what the man was honest about. I need you to tell yourself, I need an encounter. Come on, tell yourself, I need an encounter. I don't want to keep coming the same way. I don't want to keep doing the same things. I am ready for a supernatural encounter. You have the woman at the well. Jesus wasn't even planning on going that direction. He went hours out of his way just to meet her. It's no different than a Sunday morning. He's in here waiting on you to get here. Oh, I can't wait for them. I can't. I can't wait for them to get here. I've been waiting on this since the moment I hung on that cross. I've been waiting on this since the moment that I stepped out of eternity. I've been waiting on this day because I knew that they would come and I knew that they would need me. And I knew that they would have challenges and I knew that they would have hurdles and I knew that they'd be watching online. I knew that they would be on the radio listening and I couldn't wait for this morning to arrive so I can be the God that they've been praying to. But today he's saying, I've been waiting on you. So now what are you going to do? We sing songs, when you walk into the room, everything changes. We sing songs of, of him coming. We sing songs of him doing breakthrough. We sing songs of him doing all these things, but when he steps in, what happens? What are you doing here? <laughs> we don't even know what to do when he gets here. It's like, oh, wow. I don't know what this I feel. I, I think I, I've never felt this before. Let me help you. That's Jesus. Can I ask you a question? What if he did walk in the room? What if while I'm talking, you heard that door open and he walked in the room? I'm not silent because I don't know what to say. I'm silent because I'm giving you an opportunity to really think. What would you give him if he walked through those doors? If he came through the back door, if he walked through the side doors, and if it's him, he'll probably open all of them. What would you give him? It's no different than in the Bible when the king was coming and he's the man. He starts to scream, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, son of David. And everybody was like, shut up. Be quiet. This is a residential area. Be quiet. People are trying to sleep. He's like, I don't care. Son of David. And the Bible says the closer he got, the louder the man became. Son of David, have mercy on me. What am I asking? What am I saying? That Jesus is here. He is here. He's been here. And he's asking, give me your hand because I want to encounter you. And when I encounter you, it's going to change your life for the rest of your life. Jesus showed up at the well. Living water sat on temporary water. That's a different story for another day. He sits on the well. She asked, he asked, give me a drink. They have to start to have this conversation. Encounter is all about truth. But guess what? She was like, my, my husband, 
he was like, go home, tell this, tell that. She was like, yeah, my husband. And he was like, well, the man at your house right now, the one that you booed up with and sleep, sleep, he waiting on you to come back, this his water. That ain't your husband. And you got five. And she was like, dang, you know all of my business. You know everything about me. I'm just pretending she was a black woman. She was like, you know everything. You know everything about me. You know Lil Day Day was just there. And Lil Tom was there. How you know? But at that moment, when the God of eternity looks in her eyes, she knew. She knew at that moment that my life is getting ready to change forever. You know when you have a real encounter with God? He says, hey, go in there and you go in that city and you don't be, you be quiet. Guess what she did? She went and told everybody, come see a man. It had to be a black woman. Lie. Come see a man, girl. He know all this about me. He know all this. And guess what happened? Because of her testimony, the whole city. That's it. Come on. Because of him changing one life, the whole city came to meet Jesus. Are you holding up your city? Come on. Come on. Are you holding up your community? Are you holding up your high schools and your middle schools? Are you holding up your workplace? Tallahassee, my friend, is waiting on you. That's it. You think you're just here in Tallahassee on accident? No. He strategically puts you here so that you can do something about here. But he's waiting on you to fully become delivered in the area. And listen, I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. But what I'm saying, luggage was not made to be pushed in front of you. It was to be carried behind you. Some of us are, have you ever tried to push luggage? It's out of, it's, it's completely out of control. Because it was designed for us to carry behind us. Here you're trying to control it. And the whole while you're trying to control your addiction is killing you. It's hurting you. The whole time you're living in the failure of that divorce is killing you. And you're trying to control it. But Jesus said, give it here. You don't have to control it. I have something better for you. Here it is. John chapter 4, four verse 16 through 18. You don't have to go there. You can just write it down. I was talking about it. This is the conversation that they had. You can hear it. Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him. This is a full dialogue. I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right, boo. You won't have no husband. You had about five of them. And the one, listen, if, if that happened to me, I'm like, listen, you, whatever you tell me to do. Because this is like, this is like somebody who got the, who got the, who got the goods on you and they can just go on Instagram and be like, everything about you. He knows you. But what do you do when you're facing with a real encounter? Number one, I want you to write this down. You got to be honest. When you're faced with a real encounter, this is an opportunity. Because if he's bringing it up to you, that means he wants to do business with you. Come 
If he's touching that part of your life, that means he wants to deliver that part of your life. Acknowledge that there's a problem. I have to tell you this analogy because I'm a visual person, okay? I learned very early in school that I'm a visual learner, so this is how I learn. So a lot of times God deals with me in, in my office, and I'm not being deep. It's a bathroom. Um, <laughs> whenever I'm there, he speaks to me. I don't know why. It just happens. So we're gonna, I'm going to do a survey, okay? If you're online, online campus, you're here. How many people have ever used a restroom before? Raise your hand. And if you have not, there's an anointing here to break that off of your life right now in Jesus' name. Raise your hand. Have you ever used a restroom before? Raise your hand. Let me see you. There we go. I see the anointing just hit. Everybody just, if you're online, just put a hand up. Or... Now, normally you go to the bathroom, you either wash your hands, right? Hopefully, prayerfully. <laughs> either you're doing number one, come on, somebody. Or, talk to me, a number two. Depends on what kind of day you're having. You might do a combo. I don't know. That's, that's up to you. I don't want to get into that. But if you go in and you eat whatever you're doing, number one, you easy wash your hands, you get out. But if you do number two, it's a little different. And the process for me normally is when you go in there, you have to do that. You kind of make sure it's not a lot of people there. You know, it's like, okay. Coast is clear. Let me go, you know, let me go and get to it. But something that you wish never would happen begins to happen. You're going and few people walk in the room. And automatically your body is going through this. It's like, stop, stop. But your body's not listening to you. And you're not just like, <laughs> you're trying to, you know, you're just trying to get through it. And you're waiting and you put your feet. I do sometimes. I put my feet on the back of the door because, you know, people are like, Jada, that's Jada in there. Oh, my God, Jada. And you wait till they leave and they leave and you hurry up. You wash your hands. But it's like a nightmare that happens. As you're walking out of the bathroom, somebody's walking in the bathroom. And it's like slow motion happens. And you're faced with like, am I going to be a Christian or am I going to just lie? And the moment you walk past them, it's like, I don't know who, I don't know who was just in there, but I had to, girl, I listen, I had to get out of there. You might want to be careful. I don't know if you're listening online. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but you're like, be careful in there. Are you, I don't know who. But I want to pose a question. Why are we embarrassed to do what the bathroom was designed for us to do? The bathroom was designed for a place to release. But why don't we want to do that in the company of people? Here it is. Because we don't want anybody to know that was us who smelt that way. Right? It's like, oh my God. They question your whole hygiene, right? But it's much like the church. You come in, he says, lay your burdens on the altar. Lay your sins on the altar. Come before me. But we don't want to do it in hopes and in, in fear of people will say, oh, that's brother so-and-so. He must be dealing with that. Oh, look at him. He's up there again. Look at her. 
she's up there again. I wonder what it is. It's no different. The church was designed for us to come unto him, all who are heavy and of heavy, heavy laden. He promises rest. And when we get here, we don't want to do it. Why? Because we think people are going to judge us. It's no different. So we rather work and serve burden than be free. Because of what we think people will say or feel. But if you notice in the restroom, if there's a lot of people in the bathroom, right? And everybody's probably doing the same thing. And it's just, if everybody's on the same thing, that it's a horrible day at that point. But there are things in the bathroom that they, 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 they when the smell gets really bad, it's, it releases this fragrance all over the bathroom to keep the smell down. Listen to this. Wherever there is sin, that much more grace Oh, Johnny's involved in that again. Oh, Carol is involved in that again. Oh, they're all coming to the church and they're coming to the altar because they want to encounter. That's okay, my grace is sufficient for everybody. There's not one sin that's going to make it up. Oh, I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with um, pornography. I'm struggling with cheating on my taxes. He has enough grace for us all. But you'll never be able to taste of the goodness of the Lord if you don't come to him hungry. He who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be Here it is. I'm asking you. At what point are you ready to have this encounter? What point? When life beats you up so bad, now you just have to bottom and you're like, oh, I need your help. He's like, no, I wanted you before you got there. I know under the sound of my voice, there are people here you need him. You have secret prayers. You have secret problems. You have things just because you uh, bury things that it means it is dead. Just because you put things in your subconscious and you don't want to talk about it and those things have happened to you over time, those things have challenged you in your life, just because you don't talk about it doesn't steal that doesn't mean that those things still are not alive. He wants to take your life and use it for his glory. Listen, here it is, and he wants you to go back and tell the whole world, this is who I used to be. Walk with no, 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 you're not inferior. Your identity is intact. You're a son and you're a daughter. Yes, I used to live in this. Yes, I used to live in that. But no, I now live in him and I move and I have my being. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I came from there, but I'm no longer there anymore. I don't live from that. I live from him. And now my life is fixed in him. But are you ready to have that encounter? Here it is. He wants to completely consume you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to completely overshadow you with the Holy Spirit and give you a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. Here it is, even more. And if you never had one, he wants to give you one. Amen. You want to talk about revival? I don't even, listen, I can give to anything about the revival across America. I'm more concerned, Lord, if you can do a revival within me, then there's hope for America. Because you're the key to unlock somebody else who could be the key to unlock somebody else. But as long as you stay bound as a believer, does that even make sense? I'm a bound believer. But I hear the Holy Spirit saying that there are some people here you are bound. You're online, you are bound 
But you're a believer. But how can you believe in something who says that he will set you free, but you're choosing to be bound? Come on. Galatians 5 and 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. How dare I spit on the suffering Savior and not walk in freedom? He died so I can be free, Chris. And if I'm not living in freedom, what does that mean? How I feel about his death? I owe him to be free. Here it is. You have to stand on the side of worship to say, Lord, I don't care who sees me. I don't care who sees me. I don't care who knows my secrets. I don't care who knows my shortcomings. I don't care who knows my sins. Maybe I don't have any shortcomings and I just want more and I want more and I want more of you. You have to be at a point to say, you know what? Here I am. Here I am. Broken. I've had a hard time in life, but Lord, I know you're redeeming. I know you reconcile all those things that I've lost, and I don't care who's watching. I just want more of you. I don't. I don't know who you are, but you're in a tough place right now. Maybe you're online, you're listening on on, the radio. Maybe you're here, and you just having a tough time, and you're in a tough place, and you just know you've been praying, Lord, I want more, I want more, I want more, but there's not been an opportunity, and every opportunity that has presented itself, you've been too afraid to take it. But I don't even know the protocol right now, I don't even know the steps right now, but I'm telling you, you, we have enough space, and you can feel this altar, you want to come to this, listen, listen, I'm, I'm asking you to do something here. That I know the Lord is saying, I'm, if you come here, I'm going to meet you. Yes. I need you to listen to me. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what background you come from. I'm telling you that Jesus wants to meet you at the place of your pain. And he wants to take that pain and make it a platform to stand on and tell your testimony. But I'm asking you today, by way of the Holy Spirit, do you really want to encounter? And if you really want to encounter, are you really ready to give something to him? And if you are ready to give something to him, Are you ready to make that public declaration? Do me a favor. Close your eyes all over this room. I want you to ask yourself, do you, am I really ready for this encounter? I feel the glory of God here in this room. If you're really, really pressing in and you're ready for this encounter, you're tired of the way things have been going. You're tired of the results that you've been getting. You're tired of just living a subpar life as a Christian and you want to invite, you want to become all that he has for you to become. And you just, listen, like the bathroom example, you don't care who knows it's you. You don't care who knows you have a challenge. Only person that has to know is Jesus. You say, you know what? I want to lay it down. I want to lay my life down. And I want to give him all of me. And I want to serve. And I want to do what he's calling me to be. And be what he's calling me to be. And do what he's calling you to do. And I want to become what he's calling me to become. And I'm ready to lay my life down and have a Holy Ghost encounter with him. If that's you, I don't want you to look around. I don't want you to think about it. I want you to find a spot on this altar. And I want you to make your way up here right now. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. If you are hungry and thirsty for Jesus, he promises to feel. Will you come and taste and drink and see? He's longing (laughs) to be with you. He's longing to encounter you. Don't wrestle with him. (laughs) He wants you. I don't care if you're in leadership. I don't care what form of leadership you're in. If you need him, he is here. He doesn't care about a title. Yeah. Come unto him. All that are heavy. If you're heavy. body you just been fighting that and you know you just want to just you've been warring with some sicknesses and disease come he can heal you feel like God you know what I just want more I just want more I'm not satisfied with what I am and he's like I have more because whenever you get more there's more than that Here's the question. Do you want more of him? If you want more of him, come, come, lay it down, lay it down. Come, lay it down. Come, lay it down. Leave it. Lay it down. Leave it. We're talking about intercession. We're talking about revival. I believe for sure that the Lord is going to place Tallahassee All Nations Church in a position of influence like never before. But you got to be ready. We have to be ready. Lay, lay it down. Let him encounter you. Maybe you're carrying burdens from the time that you were a child to this very moment. You've just been dealing with neglect, rejection, low self-esteem. It doesn't matter. The altar is that's what, it's, that's what the altar is for. If you're watching online, maybe you can't come to this altar, but you build an altar where you are. You say, Lord, I don't really know how to start this journey. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to start. You start by saying, Lord, I need you. Lay your life down. You could have went to the nightclub last night. You could have gotten high. You could have shot heroin. You could have shot fentanyl. You could have snorted crack cocaine. Whatever the case, God is not mad at you. You know why he's not mad at you? Because you're hearing this message and he still has purpose for you. And as long as he's not dead, you're not done. Want you. And just begin to pray out of your mouths. This is not a patty cake. This is warfare. This is saying, Lord, I want more. I want you to do whatever you want to do with my life. Come on, just raise your voice and just begin to declare to the Father. Let him know that you're serious, Lord. I need you. (laughs) I'm ready. time. Listen, we're all family. And if you're there, 
You want to come up, but I can't say you're not surrendering in your seat because God knows your heart. It's not about that. But don't leave your seat. Don't leave this altar until you know that you've been touched by him. Now he's asking, give me your hand. Whatever brokenness is, just give me, give me that word. It's between you and I. If you're watching online, probably watching with tears in your eyes, conflicted. You're like, I want Jesus. I want to be able to lead you there. So I want you to just pray this prayer after me. If you just need Jesus, or if you're in this auditorium, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus not standing on the right side of the cross and if you died you don't know if your eternity will be sealed with him I want you to repeat after me say Lord Jesus come into my life here right there forgive me of all of my sins you died for me now I'll live for you (laughs) take it away every pain burden come on in exchange Lord I'm giving you my life I'm yours and I'm saved in Jesus' name amen and amen if you prayed that prayer for the first time do me a favor just type in online if you're watching on Facebook if you're watching on YouTube just say I today I receive Jesus I need you to do this we as a community we need you to do this and Chris he's going to connect with you just say in those comments I received Jesus today Him. Can we do, can just do me a favor? Can we just lift our hands as high as we can and, and as unashamingly as we can and just worship our King? You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.